Hello, Go Church family. I'm Lara, and I'm with Pastor Matt Hadaba. Hey, everybody. And Gilbert. Hey, Lara. Hi. Excellent. We did this in the first take this yes. time. <laughs> Praise God. We're excited to be back with you, and we're digging deeper into our series called Pray Like a Champion. What a great study. What a great series. I'm really enjoying this. Me too. I'm enjoying this, too. I'm Me excited too. to keep going deeper and deeper in the subject. And it's really enriching because it's something like most of what we do, very applicable, right? It's something that we can see what we've been doing or what we haven't been doing to a certain degree and just apply it further. And like, like we said, and you know, I keep going back to this, we want to keep going further and further on this trail of faith that the Lord put us on. And of course, our, our minds matter. You know, this is what we've been talking about last month. And to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And we keep experiencing life and peace to a greater measure. But if we really want to keep going further on this walk, on the right trail that the Lord is taking us on, we need to stay connected to Him. We need to have the right communication. And we need to be able to hear Him when we want to go further. So mentioning that, I want to say that this is week two of our podcast series and we're this is going to be week two of our grow groups as well uh so far we've been talking about pray like a champion last week we we really looked at the subject of what is a champion's prayer you know what what does a champion prayer look like and we we talked about what is prayer and why do i have to pray and we also had some fun discussions in our grow groups hopefully uh, we got to see ourselves in the illustration and see where we want to go and how we can go further. And this week, we're actually gonna talk about gr the grow element of this series, which is how we can become champion prayers, or like Pastor Matt says, champions who pray, right? <laughs> Just to make it easier. And before we do that, I, I wanna, I'm gonna ask Pastor Matt to, to head to Luke chapter 18. We're going to read our key scripture, which yeah. is in Luke chapter 18, and we're going to go a little further. Yeah. Luke 18, Luke 18, verse 1 is our key scripture. Uh, and Jesus spake a parable to them, the disciples, to this end, that men should always pray and not faint. Uh, we've read that from a couple of different translations. Uh, the Amplified says, not lose heart. But... Um, we haven't we've we've haven't dug deeper into the chapter. I want to jump down to uh, verse ten, and um, I want to look at this picture of prayer together. Verse ten: Two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee, and the other a publican. Okay, so uh, probably a more modern translation would say a tax collector. The Pharisee here is the most strict follower of the first five books of the Bible. So the Pharisees were very strict in their application of the first five books of the Bible. And then uh, they were um, proponents of or... or um, they were, let's say, the, the doctors of the law. They were very uh, aware of everything to do with God's commandments. 
not just the Ten Commandments, but the 660-some commandments that make up the Old Testament. So this is a parable. This is a story that Jesus is using to illustrate a point. And he says there's two people that are going into the temple for the purpose to pray. The one is a Pharisee, and when he says Pharisee, we know that this is someone that knows what the Old Testament scriptures say. So perceived as really religious. Perceived as very religious, yeah. yeah. Very, very much a, a doer, a practicer. And then we have a tax collector, and a tax collector is the very bottom of society. This is someone that has absolutely, he's, he's living without a moral compass at all because he's participating with Rome in occupying the, uh, the, 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 the land and subjugating people to pay um, taxes to, to the oppressor, to pay taxes to the oppressor. Yeah. yeah. And, but, but this is an oppressed person who has bought their own freedom by helping the oppressor. Yeah. So that's the contrast, right? Two ends of the spectrum. Of course, everything that I just said is on purpose judging from outward appearance, right? So this is how people would see it. Verse 11 says, The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. I love the way, this is the King James Bible that I'm reading, and I just love the way it's phrased. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank you that I am not as other men are extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even as this tax collector. Imagine the scene. The Pharisee dressed very nice, has a great speaking voice, raises his voice and says, God, I'm so thankful that I am not like, and then lists a bunch of sins or sinners, and then points to this, this actual person. I'm glad, I'm glad I'm not like these people, I'm not like these people, I'm not like these people, and I'm not like this guy. <laughs> This is the Pharisee praying with himself. I love that phrase, right? Yeah. <laughs> because is he really praying then? God is not involved, <laughs> no. right? Verse 12, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. So the Pharisee is now listing what he's not like and what he does. Verse 13, and the publican standing afar off. So the publicans, the tax, the tax collector, sorry. Yeah. yeah. The tax collector is standing afar off. So he's, he's off by himself. Would not lift up so much as his eyes to heaven. And he, he hit his, he hit his chest and he says, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Verse 14, Jesus said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the Pharisee. For everyone who exalts himself shall be abased, and he that humbles himself shall be exalted. This parable is actually about um, pride and humility. But in it, we see Jesus uses these two vignettes, these two pictures of prayer. And the, uh, 
the sin consciousness of the tax collector is not helping him, right? We, we, have, to, we have to base our identity on who we are in Christ. But the religious man, his version of prayer wasn't about God at all. It wasn't uh, what we talked about last week. Prayer is communicating with God, talking to him, having a conversation with our loving father. This is, this is him. Really, he's talking to everybody around him. And um, I kind of wanted to draw attention to that because when we talk about being a champion prayer, one who prays, we don't mean that you sound really good when you pray that you have a really great articulation, that you um, impress people. Wow, he really knows how to pray. She really knows how to pray. Being a champion prayer isn't about how we uh, look to those around us. It is the connection we make with him. It is how we take his will and, and, and bring it to him in prayer, in a, in a time of talking to him, in a time of communication with him, and, and release his power from his word into the now, into our situation. Yeah, that's really good. Honestly, as you're reading that, I'm thinking about what we've been talking about last week and what we're about to talk about this week and what... I mean, to be honest, what I see is the Pharisee talking and, you know, the tax collector talking. But what I also see is a man who knows about God, but he doesn't know God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because if we're going to be champion prayers, so we've been talking about being a champion. And of course, it's not the winner or, you know, of course, we want to pray as victors from a place of victory. But what really stands out to me about the word champion is we want to pray by aligning, but by being the person that the Lord relies upon to champion a cause, you know? So we want to be the champions of a cause. So we want to carry a purpose that is greater than ourselves and run with it. That is also the definition or the second definition of the word champion. In order to do that, in, in order for me to align myself with the cause, it's so much more effective if I align myself with the character of the one whose cause I'm believing in. You know, when if if you look at in the natural, great great leaders are defined by you know what um, how they make their followers feel about them. You know, and how they how they allow um, someone to not not buy into the person necessarily, but to buy into the cause. And if I look at this from, from that perspective, I see that the Pharisee really doesn't align himself with the heart of God. You know, he's, he's saying, first of all, he's, he's displaying pride. Yeah. You know, that is, this is who I am. This is what I've done. You know, I thank you that I'm able to see myself that way. That's not really prayer. That's kind of gloating at some right. point. That's, yeah. that's, that's bragging. A second thing is that if he knew God's heart, he would know that God desires mercy and not sacrifice. Yes. You know, this is what Jesus says. The, the Lord is merciful. He cares about people. His whole purpose is based around people. Everything that he does through Jesus is for people. And here we have the Pharisee 
talking about you know i I, i'm so thankful i'm not like this person and that person and that person and look at this guy right here this this tax collector i'm so a tax collector i'm so glad i'm not like him but at least the tax collector is understanding the heart of god he's like i thank you you're merciful i'm sorry i'm not this person who i could be but i i'm relying on your mercy you know i'm coming to you in prayer knowing that you're merciful and that is actually the heart of scripture so the pharisee supposedly knowing the scripture should know that the lord made a covenant with these people because of his mercy yeah because you know covenant faithfulness is is literally the definition of of of, of mercy in, in the bible and it's just so important to align ourselves with the heart of God so that we can effectively carry out the purposes of God. And, and that is really what we wanted to talk about this week, right? Which is how do I become a, 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 a champion prayer, right? How, how do I become a champion in prayer? And how can I develop myself to go there? And there are really two things that I'm going to say to that. Number one is what we just said, which is we have to align ourselves with the cause that we are championing over our own cause. So we need to become or embody the cause that we are pushing forward, which is the Lord's things. Number two is we have to develop certain character traits to become more effective in our prayer lives. And of course, everything we're going to talk about is based in scripture. We're going to look at tons of scripture. So there are four character traits that we're going to cover today. And number one is this. We need to be connected to the word of God. Amen. So if we want to become champion prayers, we need to be connected to the word of God. So let's read John uh, chapter 15, verses 7 and 8 together. It says this. If you abide in me, in my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So what do we, what do we take from this? That Jesus is saying that if you abide in me, he is the word of God, right? He is the word made flesh. That, that is what scripture says. And then he says, if my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. So he's basically hinting at how to be effective in prayer, right? If my words abide in you, then you can be effective in prayer. To me, that just looks like, you know, that looks in a sense like if you understand my will, you know, if you really receive who I am in you and you understand my words, you understand what I'm about, you understand what I've said, you understand the, the context and the nature of my words, then you can be effective in your prayer life. Our desires will match his desires. Yes, yeah, that's good. It's also uh, worth noting there, this is, it starts with um, relationship. He says, if you abide in me there's a difference between abiding in something that means to live to dwell to make your home and visiting there are places that i have visited before 
but then there's a place that I live. It is the place where all my stuff is. It's the place where my wife has three Christmas trees. It is the place where the pictures of our kids uh, are all over the walls. Um, it's where my books are. It's where I abide. We cannot, uh, we cannot expect to be champion prayers if we visit him. We need to live in him. And that's why... That's why what we talked about last week is so important is developing that relationship where we become confident in who he is and understand that we should get acquainted with and frequently spend time with talking to our loving, living father. Yeah, so good. I really like what uh, what Laura just said, and it reminds me of the... Uh, the verse in James chapter four, verse three. And James, you know, it's pretty direct. I like, I like this epistle and he says this, you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. <laughs> you know, motives matter. It sure, yes. sure does. Mo motives matter and it's, it's true. Like we, we have to understand the, the heart of God or the nature of God in order to be effective. So if we're connected to his word and we're aware, it, it, it enriches our prayer life. So I can, I can talk about that personally for myself, where I've asked the Lord for answers in my life, or I've asked him for certain things, and he points me to scripture. You know, this is, this is like, oh yeah, First Peter chapter three, verse seven. It's like, what? <laughs> you know, what's this? And <laughs> start going through the, the Bible. And, and there are other times where, you know, just his words are just, floating in me so this is the, the the process of meditation you know there sometimes you know i've had conversations with, with a few people and, and they say oh how come you just memorized all these verses it's like i didn't memorize these verses i just value what my father tells me you yeah. know and that's that's like so it's in me you know it's like sometimes you remember like this very inspiring quote that someone says but the fact is the the word of God, like the word of my father lives in me. So it's like a reference point in my life. So if I'm, I'm wondering what he wants or what he's thinking or what he's asking for, I can just pull that word out of my heart. Yeah. And I know that's his nature. So I, I know that I, I can be confident in my prayer. So that like connected, being connected to the word of God really helps us develop our prayer the, life. The primary way the Lord is going to lead us is through his word. Yeah. That's the, yes. the, the, the first and primary way. And that's how we know his will. And we need to uh, build his word in on the inside of us. So we abide in him and his words take up residence in us. We yeah. learned that at Rema. <laughs> that's right. Praise God. That's good. The second character trait that I wanted to move on to is, the, is on the subject of righteousness. Yeah. And being aware that we are righteous. Um, so let me let me read this this verse in, in James chapter five verse sixteen. Again, James says, "Confess your trespasses to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed." The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So he he talks about the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man. 
and that avails much. So what does he mean by righteous? So um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says that God made Jesus to be sin for me, for you, so that we would become the righteousness of God in Christ. And what that means is every promise you can find in the word of God about righteous people applies to me, applies to you. And when we come to this verse in James, I'm a righteous person. Yep. And so if I'm a righteous person, when I pray, I, my prayer avails much. In English, that's like, okay, what does that mean? But in the, in the language that that was written in, it says that my prayer makes tremendous power available. Yep. When we read this verse as w- with, through the lens of God has made us righteous, that means that when I pray, I, I'm not hoping for something. I'm not wishing for something. I'm making tremendous power available and applying it to a situation. Yeah. So I want to quote what you were just quoting, which is the Amplified Classic translation of this verse. Mm-hmm. It says, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer. So that's, that's what we've been talking about, praying like a champion. Praying like a right? champion. So the, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Yeah. That's so good. That's so big. So if I'm aware that I'm righteous, then I, I'm also aware that this word is true, that the earnest, effective, constant, continuous champion prayer that I deliver or that I make works active dynamic power in the world in my life so if i'm aware that i'm righteous that enables my prayer so maintaining a an awareness or an understanding of my nature so it's beyond character it's nature at this point that i'm righteous helps me be confident that my prayers are being met by the Lord. So the this this verse I, I want to read in, in 1 John chapter 3. It says this, verse 20. For if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So if my heart doesn't condemn me, so if I'm not constantly thinking, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, I've done this wrong. If I come to, to God, you know, and I ask him for something, he's going to lecture me or bash me about something else in my life. But, but the fact is, when I'm confident towards God, I can do what Pastor Matt said in, in, in the introduction week, which is I can boldly come before God and ask for what I want. And I know that I'm righteous. And I know that because I have this relationship with him because I have this right standing with him that my prayers are being answered, that I can be confident in that answer. You know why that's key is if you, if you have that question about, well, I don't know because I, I just haven't been 
I haven't been as faithful as I should. I haven't read my Bible like I should have. If you start condemning yourself, you'll be slow to go to him. You'll be slow to come bold. You won't come boldly. You'll, you'll like stand outside. Maybe I'll wait for a good time or I'll go ask, you know, and maybe Laura will pray for me because, you know, God She's always, better at God this, always right? hears yeah. her when she prays. But um, the, this, is, this, is the way, uh, this is the way the devil lies to people and keeps them out of champion-like prayer because um, it has to be based in confidence, and that confidence can't be rooted in my works. It has to be rooted in God's righteousness, which he has made me. Yeah. Praise God. I like the NLT version. Can I read just the last part? The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Amen. I love the results. That's right. Wonderful results. That's what we keep going back to this whole month, right? That prayer is supposed to bring results. That's the reason for our prayer. Oh, that's amazing. So we, we talked about two character traits so far. So being connected to the word of God and being aware of our right standing or righteousness before God. So being aware that we have this direct, open, perfect relationship, perfect union with Him. And that means that He hears us. So what is the third one? These, these things might not seem like they're important or what does this have in connection to our prayer life, but we'll keep looking at it, we'll keep talking about it, and, and you'll see how much this matters. Number three is walking in love and forgiveness. It's this so important. Huge. It's so, so important. Yes. And actually, let me, let me read this scripture in, uh, in Mark chapter 11. You know, there, there are no people that are close to Jesus who are holding unforgiveness. That's right. He's not like that. No. Yeah. First John chapter 4 says that he is love. And when yeah. we abide in, in love, we abide in God and he's with us. But what's the opposite of that? That if we're not in love, we're not in God. Yeah. And he's not with us. Yeah. Because he can't be in a place where there is strife and unforgiveness and bitterness and and just division. Because that's not his nature. He has nothing to do with it. He can't be in it. He can't be in it. So Mark 11, 24 through to 26 is really a scripture that is, is so important to look at because... A lot of the time when we study um, prayer, the prayer of faith, applying faith, we look at Mark 11, 23, and 24, and they're, they're, they're amazing. They're so powerful, and, and honestly, they, they contain so much value and so much power. But they're not disconnected from 25 and 26, and it says this. So, verse 24, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, you notice that's verse 25, it says, and, it starts with and, this is connected. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Why, why are they connected? How is this so that my prayers are hindered by unforgiveness well 
it's it's simple it goes back to what laura was saying right that we have to align ourselves with the nature or the heart of god yes. how can i effectively pray and expect results if i don't align myself with his heart you know i can i can align myself with his will but i can also align myself with his heart yeah and you you can't receive from god in the place of unforgiveness it's the it's as simple as like if you went to cyprus if you went to larnaca today you can't be in in lebanon because you're not here you're there if you're in the if you're in unforgiveness then you are not in the place of receiving you are in the place of unforgiveness and that is the that is where you cannot receive because it is um, it is foreign it is distance it is far from him he's not like that <laughs> yeah that's right you know you can't expect to be effective in prayer if you don't align yourself with his heart and this is demonstrated in matthew chapter 5 verse 44 and jesus is saying this and this is a big word i mean if you if you're ever it's easy to hear it until you really have an enemy right or you really have someone who doesn't like you and you're dealing with them and he says this i say to you love your enemies bless those who curse you do good do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you so that you may be sons of your father in heaven so he's saying pray for those who spitefully use you so how could i align myself with the prayer mentality or the prayer heart that god wants for me if i don't align myself with the love of god it's practically impossible it's kind of if you take the idea of disconnecting yourself from his heart and you trying to pray you know you start you start finding yourself praying selfish prayers that might harm other people obviously you can't do that you know this is this is um it's kind of an obvious example but that's that's the heart of god in every prayer that you make that it has to be rooted in his nature rooted in his cause rooted in his commandment towards us what is his commandment towards us that we love one another as he has loved us and that is the nature that we are supposed to adopt i have the i have a, a personal you know illustration about this which i've shared in the past and this is a time when you know there's a period of time when i was having really bad dreams like terrible 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 dreams and like it was beyond like the you know i had too much like garlic for dinner kind of dreams this is way beyond that and it was really disturbing me for a while i'd wake up in terrors at night and it would just be so vivid and so um so tormenting you know like, I, I don't know what what word it is and at some point i i, I got sick of it i'm like I, I woke up in the morning i'm i start talking to the lord you know like listen um what's going on i need an answer how do i deal with this what do i do what do i do and it was one of those times where i say you know oh he, he talks to me in scriptures he, he mentioned first peter chapter 3 verse 7 I'm like what <laughs> okay i started reading it and i i really don't recall what it was and i read it and it says husbands likewise dwell with them so wives with understanding giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel 
and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. And I remember at that point in time, during that period, I was honestly having like a lot of arguments with my wife and I wasn't being a very pleasant person. Uh, not not going to comment on what she was or wasn't. My, my job is me, you know? And I know that on my part, I, I could have done a lot better in the sense that I could have not engaged in confrontation, engaged in division, invited strife into my life or caused bitterness between us. And the fact is I, I did at that moment. And it's so funny because I'm talking to him about bad dreams that are keeping me up at night. And he's talking to me about all these arguments I've been having with my wife and it made zero sense to me. But, but the fact is they were connected. Yeah. And my heart at that moment in time is full of bitterness and division and he can't work. He, he simply cannot work in your life if you have an open door to the devil in your life. And scripture tells you that, you know, don't, don't let the sun go down on your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Like your anger, your ideas of bitterness towards other people, your unforgiveness is an open door to the devil in your life. It is a position of strife. So you are taking yourself out of the right place, like Pastor Matt was describing it, and putting yourself in the wrong place. And that is all too real when you are trying to get something done in prayer and your prayers are getting hindered and hindered and hindered. That's because, you know, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm saying the opposite way. If you are in unforgiveness, that will hinder your prayers. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a lot to think about, but I wanna mention the fourth trait or the fourth idea. So I've been calling it character traits and I, I don't think it quite fits, but the, the fourth element of a champion prayer is this. So one who prays like a champion is this. It's being dependent upon the Holy Spirit. That's right. So the, the Bible tells us that, well, let me, rather than, rather than butcher this paraphrase, uh, I will just read scripture, uh, which is Romans chapter eight, verse 26. Likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So a lot of the time, you know, we know what we want to pray for. We know the will of God. We know the plan in a certain situation. Pastor Matt was mentioning last week that a lot of the time when we pray and we're asking for an answer, we're expecting it to come through a certain channel or in a certain way. And the fact is, why limit God? Right. Why, why limit him to say, well, okay, I need this resource in my life. So of course, obviously, the only way is that you bring me money, right? Right? <laughs> But there are so many other ways to do it. I mean, someone could just hand you what you need rather than the money. There, you know, there could be a situation where this whole scenario changes and the whole need is just, it disappears. Like there are so many ways he can work, but a lot of the time we are limited to what we think we know. So we're praying and then we look 
not at him, but we start looking at a situation that hasn't changed. You know, we pray expecting the doctor's report to be, you know, negative for something. And it's not negative for something. We completely lose heart. We pray by sight, you mean? That's yes. right. Yeah, that's really good. Well that's really said. well put. Yeah. So a lot of the time we are praying, but then we're limiting God. And mm. a lot of the time we, we don't know what we don't know. And that's where being dependent on the Holy Spirit can really enrich our prayer life. Absolutely. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this is this is something that you know Pastor Matt and I actually talked about, and there's something that that the Lord kind of put in my heart, and it's something that just stuck with me, which is when the Lord reveals His word to you, you should say it. But when he reveals his heart to you, you should pray it. Which is so well said. And I, I will tell you that this will, this will help you. This will help you grow and it'll help you hear more if you'll, if you'll do that. Because uh, as you pray, especially when you start moving beyond yourself in prayer, praying for others, uh, sometimes the Lord will will reveal something to you and you think, oh, I'm a, I, I should go say this. I, 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 need to, I need to call this person and I need, to, uh, I need to tell them what the Lord told me. And then you do that and, hey, I just, you know, I was praying for you and I really got this in my heart that the Lord really loves you. Okay, thanks. <laughs> and the, whatever you share with them, the person is like, they... It doesn't impact them the way it's impacted you. Oftentimes, that's because they're not in a position to hear it. Um, and I don't mean just, hey, the Lord loves you. I'm using that as an example. Yeah. But um, this is maybe what needs to change in someone's life. And you can't instigate that change. But exactly. you can help the Lord get access to them by praying for them. So oftentimes, the Lord will show me something um about someone and i won't say anything to them i mean i'm thinking one example it was a year before i said anything to them i just prayed about it i prayed that thing about them or for them and that's you know um that the, the way you phrase it is so helpful to me uh, to have that um, language of this is the Lord's heart. We're going to pray the Lord's heart. And then sometimes we get a word, a specific word, and we want to share that word with them. Yeah. You know, and other times it, it's, it seems like this. So being dependent on the Holy Spirit or, or having the Lord share his heart with you can sometimes feel a little negative. Like, feel, like I... I don't. I, I want to be careful with my words. That's the wrong word. It's not feeling negative, but feeling like a burden, you know, feeling heavy-hearted for someone because you just feel there's a lot more that the Lord has for them than they're doing or they're seeing or they're receiving right now, and that's not a cue for you to complain about them or complain about the situation or nag about it or look down at them. That's your cue to pray for them. No, and yes. I think that that is. Um, that's an honest portrayal of kind of the impact on your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions, um, that picking up the Father's heart for people can have. 
Um, because if people are out of God's will, if they are missing something um, that he has for them, that hurts him. And so, you know, we want to pray into a place of victory from a place of victory. Yeah. Praise God. So let me recap on these four traits or these four points which help you become more effective in your um, in your prayer life. Number one, being connected to the Word of God. Being aware that you are righteous and you have a perfect relationship with God. Number three, walking in love and forgiveness. Number four is being dependent on God, being dependent on the Holy Spirit to make your prayer life more effective, to supercharge your prayer life. And in closing this week's um, podcast session that we're just having right now, we're going to talk about the Bible illustration that we want to share this, uh, this week in our grow groups and we want to talk about. And that is in Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through to 34. And that is the story of Paul and Silas in prison. We've talked about this and we've we've used this illustration many times, but it's worthy of using many times and yeah, it's a purpose, beautiful story. The, the reason we go through these same scriptural illustrations is because in our grow groups, um, we want you to work with uh, verses and passages that you already are familiar with and where we can dig into uh, these stories, you already have some context, you already know them, and we can see these truths um, outlined for us. Yeah, that's right. So the context of this illustration, real quick, is this, that Paul and Silas were, were cast into prison because Paul cast a demon out of a... Uh, a uh, what was it? A woman? The yeah, a young woman. A young woman that was basically possessed by a demon who was fortune telling, right? And the person who was um, who was taking advantage of the situation, who was making money off this fortune teller, now lost the ability to make money of this fortune teller. <laughs> that really annoyed him, and and you know he he pulled his strings and he he played played these cards where he got Paul and Silas thrown into prison and they got beaten. They got bound. Um, very embarrassing. Very, very, you know, sub, you know, <laughs> substandard, very, very, um, <clears throat> not, not the ideal position to be in. And you find this, uh, at that at that moment in time that Paul and Silas were praying in the prison yes. singing hymns to God and all the prisoners were were there and listening to them and and then we see miraculous situation happen where where they miraculously get loosed from these chains and and, and loosed the prison doors come wide open and the story goes on a little further up to verse 34 but what we're really going to focus on is this story from the perspective of the character traits that we see in Paul and Silas throughout the situation. You know, do we recognize these four traits that we've been 
we've been talking about today. Do we recognize the uh, the elements of walking in love or forgiveness? You know, and I could say that straight up that the fact that they were singing, <laughs> you know, the fact that they were joyful in a jail cell when they got beaten by certain people. You can tell they weren't like bitter and, and huffing and puffing and grumpy and, and, and dealing with things in a certain way. They were singing hymns in the middle of the night when they were beaten, probably exhausted and just embarrassed and, and all that. But we go on to see other traits. You know, I, I will say that we see these traits beyond the story in uh, Acts chapter 16, but we see this in other examples in Paul's life. So for example, Paul was connected to the word of God, connected to the Holy Spirit, and, and, and those two elements sometimes work together. And, and the example is that there are times when the Holy Spirit forbid him to go into certain places to preach the gospel and instead led him into other places. You know, we see that Paul was had the constant revelation of his righteousness. Uh, a hint of that is the fact that he he says or he calls himself a citizen of heaven yeah. in, in Philippians chapter three verse twenty, and so he, he lived with with these character traits. But what we're really going to talk about during the grow groups is where do we see those character traits manifest themselves in the story? What I like about um, this. You know, when it says that they were praying, Paul is in prison, he's praying, but look, his answer affected everyone. Hmm. When you look at the yeah. story, everyone, including the person responsible for the jail, was affected by the answer to Paul's prayer. Yeah, and it even reminds me of the story in Acts 27 where they were, on the, they were in the storm, right? Yes. Well, we're out of time. What we're going to do is, is Laura is going to read out the week two action that we're going to carry through our grow groups and through our week. So uh, this week we will write down three verses to pray over uh, you pick the, the listeners, a person or a number of people and pray uh, for them. So if Excellent. anyone has a need in your life, yes. we can pick three verses out and pray those verses intentionally for pray for others that's good awesome well if no one told you yet today we love you we are praying for you and we'll see you next time bless you thank you for listening to this message we want everyone to experience the unconditional love of God grow in his love and go with his love to the rest of their world we invite you to connect with us at one of our groups or our next gathering and if no one told you yet today, we love you and believe God's very best for you.